You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Henry Clay is among those people who in early American history, Benjamin Franklin and Alexander Hamilton among them, despite never reaching the highest office in the land, are remembered and had an impact on our country's politics. Clay was popular and charismatic, and his greatest accomplishment as a legislator was in a compromise he worked out, a compromise that averted a civil war for 40 years. The so-called Missouri Compromise had a number of parts that allowed the admission of the state of Missouri as a slave state and the state of Maine as a free state. It eliminated a previous ban on new slave states, but also at the same time limited the expansion of slavery to a point north of Missouri. It really wasn't a compromise at all. Few agreed with all of these provisions in a Congress split between anti-slavery Northerners who in the 1818 midterm elections had made impressive gains on a new political tactic running against slavery and the pro-slavery South. Nor was it popular among Southerners. Any bill that contained all of these points, which we now call the Missouri Compromise, would never pass. So instead, Henry Clay engineered it. So two bills would pass. One, containing the Missouri admission and the lifting of the ban on new slave states, something that the Southerners wanted and the other bill containing the Maine admission and the northern limit to slavery, something the northerners could agree with. Northerners protested the Missouri admission. Southerners decried the Maine admission. But something else happened. On the vote to admit Missouri, a certain amount of northerners abstained from the vote. On the vote to admit Maine, a certain amount of southerners did so, just enough so that both bills could pass. The votes were done quickly, and everyone was surprised. Henry Clay was an undisputed legislative wizard. Thus, the state of Missouri came into the nation in 1820, born of a compromise between bitter factions of the country. In its next presidential election, that of 1824, it gave its electoral votes, three votes, to Henry Clay. Now, that four-way election didn't go well for Clay. It ended up going to the House of Representatives split between John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson. Missouri's lone congressman had a brother who was a judge in Arkansas, and he was in trouble for getting into a duel. This congressman met with John Quincy Adams, who didn't say he would pardon his brother, but according to the congressman, Adams' tone led him to believe that he didn't take the crime seriously, and Missouri's votes were cast for Adams. And since that election, with the exception of a period from the Reconstruction after the Civil War, to the turn of the century when Missouri voted along with the Southern Bloc, Missouri has been a bellwether state. Want to be president? Win the state of Missouri. During the Civil War, Missouri was an important border bellwether. It voted overwhelmingly against seceding from the Union. In the 1860 election, it did not vote for Abraham Lincoln. Missouri voted for Democrat Stephen Douglas, who was a Northern Democrat. Missourians went for both sides, Confederacy and the Union, though for the most part of the Civil War, the area was controlled by the Union. 
It is true that Missouri has had a larger stretch of supporting the winning presidential candidate than any other state. It voted with the nation in picking the winner in every election from 1904 to 2004, with one exception, 1956 election, in which Missouri's votes were cast for Adelaide Stevenson, who President Bush won the state's 11 electoral votes by a margin of 7 percentage points. The election was a bit closer in 2000, in which uh, George W. Bush gained only a plurality of 78,000 votes, or 3 percentage points. So why is uh, Missouri a bellwether? Well, the state sits in the middle of the country, has Midwestern and Southern cultural influences. A slight majority of Missourians live in two major urban areas in St. Louis and Kansas City. But it also has large rural areas. Missouri has 100,000 farms, more than nearly any other state, and turnout in those areas has been increasing. In the average of 11 presidential elections from 1960 to 2000, the state's popular vote margin has fallen about 1.5% of the national popular vote margin. Hi, it's Bruce. Listen, we all know the news headlines are full of wild stories, like how the world is tipping towards authoritarianism, all while somehow, simultaneously, freezing, flooding, and on fire. It's a lot to take in. But what if, instead of being on the brink of disaster, we're actually on the cusp of a better world? If I've got your attention, then I highly recommend tuning to a podcast that offers a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people. What Could Go Right is the acclaimed news podcast from the Progress Network. Zachary Carabell and Emma Varvalukas dive into the biggest news and most pressing topics of our time, from climate change to politics, and make the case for a brighter future. Season 5 features fascinating guests like democracy scholar Yesha Munk on the hidden perils of identity politics, and NPR anchor Steve Inskeep about the importance of talking to people who differ from you, and what Abe Lincoln learned from those conversations that helped him unify the country. It's time to ditch the doom-scrolling polarization and start focusing on some of the things going right. So check out What Could Go Right wherever you listen to podcasts. The same percentage of African Americans as the nation as a whole, same percentage of union workers, same rural-urban mix. Missouri's also voted for the winner in some close elections, of course for its own Harry Truman in 1948, but also for John Kennedy in 1960, Jimmy Carter in 1976, and George W. Bush in 2000. Will Missouri be a bellwether for 2008? There are some distinctions to make. One is that, well, a state taken as a whole may be an indicator of where any presidential election is going. One person visiting any point in the state may not be getting much information at all. In a rural area, Missouri might resemble the politics of Virginia or North Carolina. In one of its metropolitan areas, St. Louis, Kansas City, it might represent the politics of Michigan. One trend that some political uh, scientists have pointed out is that the Hispanic population of Missouri is not as high as it is in other states. And that being a very decisive force in current American politics, Missouri may be losing some of its representativeness. I think particularly if uh, Hillary Clinton is the Democratic nominee, she's probably not looking at Missouri in the Electoral College strategy, at least not in the top tier. Uh, I think someone like her is going to be far more interested in Arizona, Nevada... Ohio, Florida, Iowa, those type of states. 
that does become different if the nominee is uh, Edwards or even Obama. And, of course, there's the additional political factor that if one studies a state like Missouri too much or tries to game the system, there could, of course, be possible consequences of that. If you do everything to win Missouri, it may be that its significance as a state uh, diminishes. Just as in New Hampshire, winning New Hampshire has moved a little bit far from being the personal one-on-one it was and more into an industry. With History Beating Up Politics, I'm Bruce Carlson.